Hey guys, it's Evan with Boneside Southeast. And on this episode, I had a conversation with Eddie Fernandez. He has an Instagram account where he posts pictures of his various bald cypress designs. And we had a discussion on how he approaches material and where he gets his influences from. Y'all check it out. Thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out and talking, uh, get, putting your input in on on basically just bonsai in general and you know the world of bonsai that we know it. Uh, so basically, this is uh, this is bonsai southeast, and I'm Evan Pardue, and today I've got Eddie with me, uh, and he Eddie, has a what was your last name? Uh, Eddie Fernandez. Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Eddie Fernandez. Yeah. Uh, he's he has a Instagram page that I've been checking out every once in a while. It's called uh, Groove Bonesai. Uh, he's got some really great stuff on there, and uh, something that really caught my eye is your bald cypress design. Uh, I see a lot of Von Bansing inspired stuff in there, and you are uh, you're in Miami though, so you're you're pretty far away from us. So, right, right, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we have the Everglades down here, and. Um so a lot of times I'll drive over to Weigert's, you know, and I'll go through Alligator mm. Alley and I see the, you know, I see the, the, the clumps of bald cypress and um, yeah, they're just fascinating. There's just always endlessly been fascinating to me. And, and um, yeah, <laughs> I, I think there's so, there's so much more um, than just calling them a flat top and then just making it look like a T, you know what I mean? I think there's a lot more. Oh yeah. Um, room for playing in them and then when you see them out in the wild you're just like your mind is blown at like the variety of of what's going on out there you know definitely that's uh no. that's something we're going to definitely take a deep dive into and talk some bald cypress uh flat top design or the what we call the uh the von banting over here so uh so <laughs> there's been a couple of other people in my personal opinion I, i'm not going to say any names that have taken a shot at it and there's very few and far in between that can actually nail the shape that I'm personally looking for whenever I'm thinking of, you right. know, the Von Banting's heyday back in, uh, I would say like the seventies and the eighties until it really came, uh, became distinct. And, uh, you can see two of his trees. I believe there's two of them at the national arboretum that are just right. absolutely excellent examples. But before we get too far into that, yeah. uh, tell us about your, yourself. How did you get started in bonsai? Uh, and where are you now? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I've been into um, bonsai since I was about about eight or nine. Um, I, I was just a kid and I just, I don't, I honestly couldn't say why I was drawn to them. I just, it, a lot of people have like the Karate Kid, um, like beginning story. And like I saw Karate Kid and it was, it was fine. It was, it was a movie, but there was just something about the little junipers at Home Depot that just really, really called to me. So my parents got me one of those and I killed it and like, pfft, I don't even know, maybe a week. I kill yeah. it. And, um, you know, I was a kid and then, 
And then nothing, it just kind of was always just in the back of my mind as, you know, growing up. And then in college, um, I went to Chapman University out in Orange County, California. Um, and so having a place to just sit for a while, my bonsai really started taking off. And so I, I had boxwoods and junipers and I, like the whole front porch of my of my college apartment was just covered in trees. So um, yeah, it was it was great. I mean, it lasted for a year because and then and then I I became a, a professional dancer and I started traveling the world. Um, so okay. my all of my 20s, starting from, you know, 21 to 30, I didn't I lived out of a suitcase. So it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't happening. Yeah, mm -hmm. it wasn't happening. But but um, yeah, when I went to Japan, I definitely like snuck away and went to like I didn't know where to go and all I had was the public transportation system. So I just went to um, to like Ginza and like window shopped and you know, was geeking out and over like all the trees and stuff in Japan. But um, it didn't really start until I was in New Jersey living um, and we had a baby, my wife, um, Jenna and I, and um, I just had a little balcony and um, I just started having trees from there. And I chose bald cypress. I didn't choose them. I fell in love with them because I knew that I could bring them wherever I was going. So if I was moving to New York and then down to Miami, then to Washington state, then to, to California, I didn't know where I was going to be. And I was like, what, what can I grow that I love that, that will go anywhere basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I grew up in Florida. I grew up in West Palm beach. So, I mean, I grew up canoeing and, and kayaking the rivers and stuff. So bald cypress, I think has just always kind of been embedded in, in yeah. deep in my psyche you know it's uh i care i call it kind of like a heritage tree it had like has deep roots in uh people's heritage and culture and stuff For so sure. it's uh it's part and with the flat top design it's like part folk art as well which makes it even even better to me personally uh in my opinion right yeah everyone's got their own opinion of flat tops you know no that's beautiful yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but uh so you and before we go a little too further with that, but uh, you're mentioning like bald cypresses and you're like, yeah, I could bring this anywhere. It's that's crazy that I mean, because I've definitely talked to several people. You see him in uh, up in Oregon with Boneside Mirai. He's got his own collection, of, uh, of course. And then I've shipped them up to New York and I know there's plenty of people up there that have them. I've seen them on display at the national show. So they definitely are well traveled in that aspect. But uh, right. I just talked to a guy in Australia not too long ago, and uh, wow. he's got bald cypress there. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're growing them from seed. They don't grow in the environment, but they will literally take and develop just about anywhere, it seems. Um, it's amazing, so, yeah. Yeah, very, very durable, very awesome tree. And I'm wondering I'm wondering when the first bald cypress, I would like to know if there was there's some kind of record, like when the first one like got put in a box or a crate and was like sent somewhere else other than the Southeast. I was just out of curiosity, because I know they go from uh, Everglades, tip of Florida, all the way up to roughly, I think, uh, south of the Great Lakes, just south of it, I believe, if that's correct. Right, right, right. So, But then, and then, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it more, but then you talk about the different silhouettes in all of the different climates. So up north, they look completely different than in Louisiana, which look completely different than, oh, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, it's just mind boggling. And I think that's kind of the the allure for me and kind of the the challenge of like, on paper, it seems super easy to just say, oh, flat top. But then you really start looking at like the lower branches and how they interact and how they kind of snake up at the top. And I just, yeah, I, it's like this never ending quest to, to like nail it, you know? 
Yeah. And so, so how, so you're, so you said like, they're different, obviously. So I've never been to the Everglades. So you're in Miami. So you're on the, um, on the East side. East. And yeah. I've only been to, uh, my recent trip. I, I don't know if you follow what we've done recently. I went to Mary Madison, uh, God rest her soul. Um, and then we went to, uh, Weigert shortly after I've been to Weigert's like four times. So I'm very familiar with that side, but I've never been right. enough, you know, on your side. I've heard it's a totally different world. Right. So. Right. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's Miami is a totally different animal and I, I love it. I actually, so growing up, I never wanted to, I never wanted to live where I grew up weirdly. I had this weird, like stigma of like, don't go back home. Don't, you know what I mean? Don't yeah. live where you grew up. No, I'm experiencing but, um, that right now. <laughs> come, <laughs> I was like, that's lame. I don't want to, you know, it's yeah. lame. I don't want to run into people from high school at the grocery store or whatever. But, um, no, I came, <laughs> I came down in at the very beginning of COVID, um, uh, March, 2020. And we, my wife and I are just in love with Miami. Like we love it. And so I'm really thankful that I've, I've learned to love this area because it's really beautiful, especially um, east of I-95. So um, I-95 is the main interstate that goes from Miami to Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you go in, in the Miami area, if you go east of that, when it turns to US-1, you get into the Coral Gables, Coconut Grove area. And okay. it's just lush, lush, beautiful forests. Um, I mean, they're people's houses, but it's like... It, I mean, there's wild peacocks running around. There's no oh, yeah. cause waking me up in the morning. Like, it's pretty incredible. So, I mean, as far as that, I really love, I really love Miami. And it's, yeah, I'm just, just loving it. And I kayak in the morning along the canal. It's looking at manatees. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But the bald cypress down here, um, from my knowledge, they're, they're scragglier. You know, um, they're kind of on the very edge of, of the their existence for them. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, they're they're interacting with salt water, and um, so they're they're a little scragglier. Um, but I guess you'd, they'd be more literati style here. Mm-hmm. Um, or, and they also grow, you know, in those like large domed clumps, um, like a like a stand of bald cypress. But um, yeah, they're just they're just scragglier as 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 compared to like in the bayou or. I think um, a lake out in Arkansas called Caddo Lake. It's like on the Texas Arkansas. That's familiar. Anyways, yeah, it's like huge, you know, huge buttress in the middle of this like lake, and um, so they're they're definitely bigger up north, but um, so but still have that flat top element down here. So you got your y'all's bald cypresses have a little bit more of a feminine, skinnier, kind of wavery kind of character to them. For sure, uh, yeah, okay. for sure. Whereas yeah. ours and the southeast in Louisiana here. I can say southeast because I keep forgetting you're you're actually in the southeast. I've talked to a lot of right. people. This is supposed to be Boneside Southeast, and quite a few of my guests recently were just not southeast. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, our trees are kind of similar to the one behind me. They're kind of uh, they're they're thicker. They're ta- more towering. They look more like straight trunked. Where the uh, and the top kind of does this thing where it peels off to the side slightly where it's like the remnants of an old mature branch where the top had blown off and that branch was left behind. Uh, that's right. kind of the, that's kind of the way I see them. And I can, we'll go into more detail about that after a while, but from what I've seen from your designs, the, uh, I don't know if you guys get the actual flares, like the buttress flares where the trunks go in. Um, but you have kind of like a bell, it's I call it a bell, like a bell shape at the bottom. I've talked to Mike right. Lane. Mike Lane talked about this, how you get a bell shape in some regions, and then you get a buttress inset, heavy inset. Interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wonder if that's, I wonder if that has to do with where, as far as like, if they're growing in water or deep water or, you know what I mean? I wonder if, if the, the, the shape of the buttress has to do with how dry or wet the location it was grown in. I don't know, just a, just mm. a thought. Cause my dad, my, my dad lined the perimeter of his property. He lives in Okeechobee, um, Florida, which is right by the lake. Um, yep. He lives uh, just north of the lake. I was there not too long ago. I know exactly <laughs> where that's at. Yeah, yeah. So he actually, he, he knows that I, you know, I love them. And I was like, yeah, gross them out and I'll collect them. And they got, they got too big. Um, and then the knees started coming up and messing up his, his lawnmower. So he got, he got pissed. So this week, last year, I was like, just cut them and next year I'll come collect them. And then he just, I don't know, went berserk one day and chopped them all down. So that's oh, a shame. <laughs> I know, I know. And I was like, why did you do that? And, um, but anyway, so his are growing in drier in drier soil. It's kind of like pasture land. Um, mm-hmm. So when we did collect it, the tap root was just like a monster to cut. Um, so the tap root was really hard to get through, and they don't they don't uh, taper as quickly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think they're more of that bell shape. I, you know, they don't have that like fat base, and then just go up to a skinny tree. So I think maybe that has to do with um, where it grows. You know, I don't know. But he actually. To speak of the at the to speak to the durability of them, he he cut them all down, and then he drilled holes in the trunks and then poured diesel in them because he really wanted to kill it. Yeah, and <laughs> they just came back. They came back stronger and even more beautiful. They just like blew out and were really lush and green. And he's like, no, so he cut them down to the ground, and so it really sucks. <laughs> but that yeah. that technique of drilling a hole in a tree or like uh, a lot of people do that to privets. If you guys have any kind of Chinese privet um, or anything like that. Dude, I think we might be, I think we have a form of privet. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. there's a couple of different privets. They're extremely invasive. Uh, and then like the tallow tree and stuff. I don't think the tallow exists. Does the tallow come down to y'all? The Chinese tallow? No, no, I don't think okay. it does. No. Yeah, that's yeah. a tree that gets brought up in almost every podcast episode because those are like my least favorite trees of all time. But that's <laughs> that practice. I don't know if that's a common practice, like cutting a tree down and drilling a hole in it and then pouring diesel. It just sounds so brutal and like old man, like extreme. It, it totally is. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that actually hurts the tree's feelings. Obviously, and it doesn't I don't, hurt. I don't even think it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it definitely didn't phase those bald cypresses. So when he chopped yeah. them, did you get like a... Uh, did you end up collecting them after he chopped them? It's a part of the question. No, so so I collected one. It's it's on my my Instagram page. Um, oh, and it's Grove Bonsai, by the way. Not, Grove? Not, I said Groove. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> I will go back and I will I will no. correct that. Yeah. It is. No, I have my guy corrected. I like I like Groove. Groove Bonsai is cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I collected one, um, and and I put it in a like a concrete mixing tub, and then. And then the other ones, I was like, just chop them, you know, chop them at three and a half feet, four feet tall, and I'll collect those next year. And those are the ones that um, blew out. He tried to kill and then ultimately killed. But I have one. It's it's giant. It's on my Instagram page. It's like, um, it's almost as tall as me. Is um, it? I, uh, let me see. Just so, so I could point a reference on it. Yeah, 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 for sure. It is. Because I saw one where you... We're driving with it in your car. It's from May 8th. It's from May 8th. Um, it's like a series of black images and then it's below the black images. Let's see. This is... I'm wearing all. I'm wearing a black outfit and, I'm, and a red hat. I'm standing next okay. to it. Okay. I see it. I yeah. think it's on the left. So... So that's it, a... You know, it's... 
It's a nice size tree. Yeah, but do you see it? You see how it's it's a bell shape. More is is that yeah. what you mean by bell is more yeah. so than like a buttress and then and then go in. Exactly. So the bell sure. is where it's just it's just got that kind of rounded, chunky kind of shape at the bottom, For and sure. sometimes that sometimes it doesn't really have much to it underneath that. It's just more. It's just really heavy tap roots right underneath there. Whereas, uh, I'm trying to see if you have a couple of your trees have that bell shape, but the heavy flutes. That's something that I'm looking for. And I'm trying to see if I got, I've got a heavily fluted tree here at the nursery that I collected um, that I just haven't taken pictures of. I really need to uh, upload it so mm -hmm. you can see what I'm talking about. But there's that bald cypress that I took a picture of at the uh, Greater New Orleans Bonsai Show. And it's uh, it's got the knees growing out the container. Right oh, next yeah, to yeah, yeah. The yep. white background. That's yeah. that's kind of what you call a buttress, or it's where the root comes out and it's got that muscling and it goes in. Oh, uh, it's so good. It's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how they grow yeah. here. Uh, right. In, in fact, when you get close to New Orleans, you get in the bayou, they get super striated, uh, like really muscly looking. So, like from a distance, it's hard to judge how big it is because it's just so weird looking. Like, uh, but the bases will be, dude, they're like probably seven feet across, but then it, right. it it's this, these giant buttresses and they come together really fast. And then you'll get like a, you'll get like a two foot trunk, maybe somewhere in there. So you just have this right. tree that just comes down two foot most of the way. But then at the base, you just whoop, this sudden flare comes all the way out and That's you have all crazy. these crazy looking veins. And sometimes you have that, that inset. So that's where we get that that terminology buttress from it. Uh, whereas sometimes they get a, what's called a tube root, and tube root is whenever it's that exposed, quote unquote, exposed root style of bald cypress. So right. uh, it's just literally roots that come from the trunk and they look like tubes. Uh, you can see that one that's on, um, you ever seen that tree called, I call cow patty? Uh, got I, it from. I think so. I, I it's. <laughs> I remember hearing of a tree called cow patty. Yeah, I uh, I pulled that from a cow pasture, like you say, like a pasture type oh, field. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that one definitely has um, has the tube roots. Oh, I see it. Yeah, yeah, I found it. Okay. For sure. Yeah. And that one's, that is like a particular style in my opinion. A lot of people look at that tree, especially in the, uh, just, just as a whole, like the bonsai community here. Uh, those type of roots are considered to be messy or immature when in right. actuality I've seen cypresses do that in nature as well and so one of the things that I always point out to because some people try to call me out for it they're like you got to grow some more roots in there man you got to fill in those gaps and I'm right. like no because I'm down by Lake Pontchartrain if you're familiar with that yeah and that's brackish actuary now and what those trees look like they're doing is it looks like the trees they, there's an erosion but there's they're not growing like they need to be. So they're not right. reestablishing their bases back into the water. And so yet you are seeing the roots that would be underneath the ground. And so the it's like the cypress, it's like it's retracting, like it's kind of fighting the, the salt water and coming back a little bit. So, right, right. So I believe personally, there's several different styles to them. Uh, the buttress one I was talking about, it's hard to see in the picture. So there's one, the one of me trimming the buttonwood 
And then there's right below that, there's there's the table of Yamadori collected cypresses. And it's the one snack in the middle, the one I'm I'm gonna post a picture of later on here. But that thing's got some serious buttress going on. Um, but most of the reason why I haven't posted those pictures is because I mean that just came out of the ground. And you could see how much I got out of that. So Right, right. Speaking of your tree you collected, you said that was from May, so you collected it in January this year? January, what is it? Uh, yeah, January 2020. No, yeah, 2021, yeah. 2021. So, is it 2020? Oh my God. I keep forgetting yeah, it's, that it's <laughs> it's crazy. It's, yeah. <laughs> 2022, that yes. doesn't even make any sense. But yes, anyway. January 2021, yeah. Uh, so tell me about that experience digging that tree out. Oof. Um, so a friend of mine, um, uh, his name is Reed. He goes, he's on Instagram as uh, FL underscore bonsai, um, Florida bonsai. Okay. Um, he lives about an hour away and I was just like, Hey, you know, come collect trees, <laughs> whatever you can, whatever you can grab is yours. So, um, we had, um, an old chainsaw, an old chainsaw that we just kind of d cut a circle around. Well, first we dug out, um, with shovels and then did like a circle cut and tried to, we're really trying to cut under the tree. Mm. Um, and then you know, we were just pulling, pulling, pulling on one side, trying to cut on the other side. Um, it wasn't coming out. We weren't strong enough to to get to the tap root. So we had somebody come with a, I guess, a tractor. Uh, my dad's friend with a tractor and some straps and really yank on the tree over. Um, and then we finally cut the tap root and you could hear, you know, pop, snap when we yeah. when we finally cut through it. Um, That's the noise you're looking for. Yeah, <laughs> pop. And then, and then it, you know, it came out and uh, quick, get a pan. So we got a a huge, uh, the larger size um, concrete mixing tub and just got the cheapest topsoil um, from Home Depot and then just put it in there. <laughs> and uh, it has drainage holes in, in the in the, in the in the pan. So I, I didn't want to flood it. I just, especially because I'm not there, um, it's at my parents' house and they were gonna kind of watch over the, the, the recovery of it. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to make sure it just, I was like, just keep it wet, keep it wet. Um, but I wanted it to drain, so. And then it was just like, see what happens. And it's, you know, it's doing great. So I'm just going to let it kind of recover for another year or two, probably two years Smart. and then start. Um, I mean, it's, it's actually, you can't see in the picture, it's two trunks. So it comes up from the base and then it splits into two trunks and I'm having to decide which trunk to use and carving. And um, I might ask, I might ask um, some help from some professionals to, <laughs> to come I, in with, you know, I would, I would try to utilize both if they're not of the same they, size. They're of the same thickness and size. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, it, it looks like, like to like hold up a peace sign. It looks like, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like, I think one has to go completely and then make a hollow out of that. Or I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm stumped and that's why I'm, I'm looking to ask some people. Yeah, you know, definitely. This episode of Bonsai Southeast was brought to you by Underhill Bonsai, Louisiana's premier bonsai nursery. We have everything you need, including bonsai soil, bonsai tools, imported pottery, handmade pottery, fertilizer, affordable Yamadori stock, free bonsai, finished bonsai, and a lot, lot more. Check us out at www.underhillbonsai.com. Take a peek at our Facebook page, Underhill Bonsai. Let's jump back into it. That's a predicament because you have such a large chop as it is in the top part. Now you got two right. chops, the same size. And then I'm willing to bet that if you were to just cut that one of those uh, one of those tops off of there, 
uh, and have tempted to do either like a carve or a deadwood feature, I mean, it's probably going to be quite sizable compared to, to for the, sure. the chop at the, at the top. Yeah. I think it might be, a, you know, a hollow all the way down to the, to the soil level and just have it be like a, you know, a tree mm. you could walk into if you were a gnome, <laughs> you know, kind yeah. of a, a, you know, I, that's the only, the only thing I could think of because it's well, going to be pretty. One of the things that I've seen bald cypresses do in nature that I think could work for you on that design. And I know you're like, yeah, I might ask, ask some people and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and tell come, you. Come, down. <laughs> come, no, could you know? come down. No, come uh, down. But that tree, that kind of makes me think I've done a couple of trees where one part of the tree is just dead on one side. Uh, in fact, there was a right. tree that I posted called Ghoul, which when my friend collected it, he he cut the roots real short on one side and it killed one entire side of the tree. But right. in nature, I chose not to hollow that tree out and make your gnome tree that you had mentioned because I'm all about that. But I'm all about that on like uh, elm trees and hawthorns and stuff like that. Whereas with bald right. cypress, they're a little bit more, um, their wood's a little bit more immortal wood quality is what they call it so like they just don't rot uh they right. do rot but it just takes an incredibly long time especially if um if it's an old old tree um in fact you guys had uh the oldest tree known yeah. to history and yeah. uh senator and so and you could walk inside a senator and look up and see into the sky but that tree didn't yeah, you could walk in the bottom of it, but it didn't hollow out to the point where you could see the. But it doesn't entirety. split all the way up. The yeah, I see what yeah. you're saying. It doesn't split up all the way. Yeah, and yeah. so I've there's a bald cypress coming around. Um, let's see, which way is that? If you're coming from Punchatoula Hammond area, which is North Shore, it's like north uh, northwest of New Orleans, and okay. there's a tree when you're coming around towards New Orleans right there. Uh, passing up what we call man shack. It's the most, if you talk about swamp town, it's a swamp yeah. town. Like they filmed swamp people there. But uh, <laughs> uh, but there's a tree there that has this, this gorgeous dead trunk. And it's just this big, giant, towering, uh, just, it looks like a monolith. It's just a big, straight piece wow. of wood. But right. for some reason, um, and... I'm not really sure how this happens. It has a twist in it all the way up. It's like a barber pole uh, twist. It's nice. Just, it's just brutal. And so, yeah. and every once in a while, instead of these, instead of this big gaping hollow, every once in a while you got these little peephole hollows. And it's really nice. Like you can see a little bit of light, but it's not big giant owl holes. So, uh, right. Right. And then on the side of it, you have like, uh, if I'm sure you're familiar with what we call candelabra, uh, style. Right. And so there's a kind of a candelabra top that comes off the side a little bit and makes up nice tiny little juvenile looking. It's not even flat top, truly. It's just this juvenile looking just form popping out the side. And that's it. The tree is easily one of the biggest round trees you can see from the interstate, though, which is insane. So that, that tells you something right. about how that looks. Um, so as far as that tree goes, I mean, if you're feeling you know feisty with the carving bits <laughs> I wish. <Right. laughs> it's a lot of work though i just warn you on that because that tree yeah. looks like you're saying it that tree's what about five feet off the ground 
Roughly? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm 5'10", so it's and it's up to my chest. So yeah, yeah, it's about five feet. Yeah, and I mean, it's in the predicament is, I live on the third floor of an apartment complex in Miami. So my I have a balcony that wraps around my house, um, and there's no way there's no way I could get that tree it here. And so I don't know, I don't know the future of it. I'm like, that's for when I buy a house. <laughs> you know what I mean, that's, yeah. so I'm just going to like keep it alive and keep it going. I'm not in a rush with it, I guess, because I don't want my balcony to collapse onto the floors underneath me. Yeah. I'm worried about weight. I mean, I, I got another bald cypress um, to kind of fill the hole of the one that, that died recently. <laughs> um, and it's, Oh, I'm sorry about that. Man. It's heavy. No, it's all good. I just, there was a hole in my heart and I was like, I gotta go. I actually get them from, um, a nursery called dragon tree. Mm. Um, so I have to be fully, fully transparent in that. I, I mean, I've collected some at my house, but the ones that, that I have a lot of, um, are from dragon tree from Robert and he's, he's great. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, no, honesty is key, man. Like, but I mean, I don't, I don't judge you on getting stock like that. Uh, a lot of the trees that that I worked on recently was collected by my buddy Nate. If you've listened to our cat, our podcast, yeah, Nate Murray. Uh, yep. He's, I mean, man, he's he's a he's a great guy, man. He he's only been doing bonsai for I would say like two or three years now. I just when I met him, he was getting into it. And he was like, "Hey, man, show me some bald cypress," and I was like this one that one that's a good one and then next thing i know he's got 20 of them he's like what about how these look and i'm like Holy <laughs> but yeah. where did you get those <laughs> but he's he's got some great spots but uh but yeah i was supposed to go to um i was go i was supposed to go to dragon tree i've heard great things uh, about that nursery um, yeah so yeah. but we didn't make it that far because it was because we were in okeechobee and it was that's like an hour and a half two hours i can't remember i'm I, from I'm not, from Dragon Tree to Okeechobee. Uh, it's an hour. An hour. an hour. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, because like, why is like he was either Weigerts or Dragon Tree, and of course, right. We already had we already had business with Weigerts down there anyway. So, but yeah, that would have been amazing. a whole other thing. It's good though, huh? Yeah, yeah. Dra- Dragon Tree is just like an old school, um, old school place. It's it's you know wander around. It's 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 cool. It's a really cool place. I remember when I when I first was getting back in. 2018 i think i was living in new jersey and i stopped by there i was on vacation with my family um and i saw um the bald cypress there and i was like i can just get one i can just buy one and i freaked out and like yeah i actually drove it all the way i bought it and drove it in a car you know i like moved all my travel plans around like canceled flights (laughs) and then drove drove it in our our suv up to to jersey and prayed that it wouldn't die in the winter (laughs) Um, so do you still have that one or is that that's the one the, that's, that's the one, that the one. and that yeah so i don't know what 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 went on with it i i mean it didn't have a ton of roots when i replanted it back in 2019 in a in a wooden box i put it in a wooden box for a year and mm-hmm. i was like i'm just gonna leave it it's and it's gonna fill out i'm not gonna touch it um and then i potted it into a uh, bonsai pot and then and it still didn't have the roots that i thought it should have every time i repotted i was like for sure it's gonna be full of roots like i just assumed and it just never it never took off and i don't know i mean i have a, a, a bunch of theories of why what would have happened but i will never know you know <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i know a couple of people down here uh that really do love their cypress trees if especially if it's like the first one and they feel like they hit the jackpot with it and they'll uh yeah they'll save the they, some people call it the carcass or the or the I was remains. going to yeah, yeah I was going to for a second I like had it in my hand and I was like I should save this but again I live 
I don't know. My wife has a rule of like, you can't make our stuff ugly. So I can't just have this like <laughs> random, you know what I mean? Or even just like grow, grow pots. She's like, at least make them like a larger bonsai pot and not like something ugly. So anyways, I, I, you know, I threw it out and it's, it broke my heart to put it in the dumpster. I like, oh. you know, I laid hands on it and like had a moment <laughs> and like, <laughs> I was bummed out for a few days, but I used that like that bummed outness as ammunition to go spend money on another one. <laughs> I was yeah. like, no, I, I have to, I have to go. I have to get another one. And so I got myself into another, another dilemma with a big tree, but, but it's, it's good. It's a good one. I haven't posted anything about it yet, but other than just a quick little snippet, but okay. Uh, open to work on it. I, I was uh, thinking about the, when you were collecting your trees, I, have you picked up those collecting techniques or aftercare techniques from someone else? Or is this something that's generally known in Florida? Where'd you get that technique? I from? think it's kind of generally known in Florida. I mean, the, the people that I've talked to, um, I, I think they're more old, old school and they're like, just put it in just any old heavy, you know, potting mix and uh, just flood the pan and flood the pan. Okay. And I, I kind of have, I mean, I'm, I'm experimenting with it. I kind of feel like there are other maybe, more efficient, better ways to do things, but but I don't know. I, I'm I'm in the experimenting phase um, for sure. As far as like, you know, do you put them in, in in traditional bonsai soil of pumice and lava, or do you kind of mix in the the pine bark and how you know like is it is it just about soil retention or um, moisture retention, yeah. or is it is it about um, bifurcating the root system so that you get more um, ramification above? You know what I mean? I, I that do you get coarser. That's something in, in denser soil, I guess. That's something that uh, I talk to a lot, obviously, being at the nursery and just talk about soil and aftercare with bald cypresses. Just, I feel like I do it literally every day. I just have like at least <laughs> an hour long conversation when I'm, when I'm here, but it's fine because that's this, this is what I wake up to do, you know? So, right. uh, but we are actually doing a Yamadori session. Uh, we're going to do a class this month and, and, uh, by the time this episode comes out, it's probably going to be not even relevant, but anyway, so we usually <laughs> do a big Yamadori program and then, uh, and then we take people out and we have excursions too. So we're, right. we offer those things. So, but, uh, as far as bald cypress and what kind of soil would you put it into, um, at the nursery here, we have our own soil mix that we create ourselves. And so we've got plenty of it. And our thought process was at the beginning, it's like, okay, we're gonna collect these trees, straighten a bonsai mix. And a lot of people will be like, what in the hell? Like, like that's hmm. considered, that's considered uh, like heresy there, you know? Uh, right. And right. so I actually have found, as long as they're kept watered, really right. you know drenching wet because we run our system on them we have a, a an automatic uh, system that runs on our collected trees all day long basically like uh that they've actually recovered very well in straight bone size so something with large particle size right. with uh with with a little bit of fine uh pine bark in it right uh and so that works pretty well and then after some time after they've grown into that soil the need to do heavy root work, if it's done correctly the first time, is not so necessary right. to go to the pot, the bonsai container. Uh, right. So, I yeah, that's that's what I suspect, and that's mm -hmm. it's kind of like um, as more knowledge comes out and. and I learn more about bonsai from the internet. I'm like, oh, there's better ways, I think, than what 
people are telling me um, that are, are from from times past as far as like taking care of a, a freshly collected one. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's kind of what I suspect. But yeah. I. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I I put the so I put the the one that that died. I'd put that one in in bonsai soil, just traditional uh, bonsai okay. soil, and it. It you know it, it didn't grow the roots that I expected to so so I don't know I I'm not doubting that that worked I just I'm just like oh I did that <laughs> and it didn't work so yeah. I don't know I don't know so what was did you I call it floating did yeah uh, but you didn't punch holes in that when you collected it with the soil mix huh uh, say that again um, the the technique that that um, whenever you use the mortar tub and you put it in the mortar tub and you punch uh, holes. That was- yeah. Yeah. So that didn't happen for the the one that that died. The one that that I that I bought a long time ago. Um, I put it into just bonsai soil in the grow box. Okay. In a grow box with with holes underneath. Um, and then just I think it was um, yeah pumice lava and pine bark. Okay. Um, and it grew in that for a year, um, but didn't fill out the roots that that I thought it would. You know what I mean? And then I continued using that same mix in a bonsai pot, something a little shallower, mm-hmm. and it still didn't. You know. Yeah. And, and so the wooden box, like uh, this grow box, I'm assuming it was wood. Some people use yeah. some really goofy stuff. Trust me. No. I've, I've, <laughs> <It was wood. laughs> I've, well, and I'm kind of guilty of it too, like old dresser drawers. Like uh, whatever you have. <laughs> this one yeah. guy, he uh, he gave a demonstration. Actually, I'm just going to go ahead and say his name. Dana, Dana Quadabomb. He did. A, he gave a demonstration for a club I that I kind of like, uh, I guess, co- whatever i did a demonstration alongside him uh he brought a an american hornbeam that was in a refrigerator drawer and just <laughs> okay whatever was sitting around he said i was whatever like, oh. <laughs> yeah so yeah. <laughs> but with the um That's with funny. the wooden box it's like that's a little bit of a different situation in my in my personal opinion and in my experiences with it that can be really challenging especially for bald cypress so hmm. for, for the podcast's sake to be educational so we don't you know confuse anyone uh, right that the wooden box i find has a lot of the aerobic quality that you would also expect from the bonsai soil mix to have as well and they say that they say that the uh, the best thing you can do for a collected tree is to get as much oxygen to the roots, right? Um, right. And but I feel like that doesn't really like I don't think bald cypresses really qualify that uh, because they're such a water loving tree. So right. a lot of our trees here at the nursery, um, the, I would say ninety percent of them go into that mortar tub. I think that. The five the five dollar mortar tub is is like the champ of like collecting containers for these cypresses. Interesting. And so we haven't had any bad experiences with them like that. Uh, I'm sorry that you had yours with the uh, with that uh, particular fine. tree. <laughs> it's <know>. okay, <laughs> but you, we live I've and learn with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've mourned. <laughs> it's it's I'm sure the first of many you know yeah you m- just, m- lessons learned for sure. Yeah, and you just you keep doing it till. Uh, Till something sticks, and obviously you uh, you got that recent tree that's really nice, the big one. So right, right, yeah. I also have um, I've started. I, so last, I think last spring, I planted about twelve um, bald cypress saplings in the ground, and they just, I mean, even within this last year, I mean, they've gone from like a pencil to maybe an inch across at the base, and so, and I've been watching them, and they they just, you know, they they thicken so fast. I'm really excited to see 
you know, in, in three or four years, I could, you know, potentially so, collect them. And so tell me about the one that the ones that you said you put at your father's house. Um, how old were those at the time that they were chopped? Those were probably about, I'm going to say seven to nine years old. Okay. Um, and I mean, they were, they were tree, you know, they were, you know, full fledged trees. 20, yeah. 20. Yeah. It's a, it's a tree. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's seedlings all over the yard. And so I just went around and collected them and put them in little, little like uh, planting trays. Um, and so now I have about 12 growing. Um, I've started to put movement in some of them just as they're young and mm-hmm. I'm just kind of experimenting with, with, you know, leaving some straight planting some, um, right next to each other. So it's like a, like almost like a twin, fusion. a twin. St- yeah. Fusion. Um, so we, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how those go in a few years. <laughs> if you can get your hands on enough of, a, I guess, uh, enough sapling, like pencil size sapling, um, you should give, give the, uh, have you ever seen the wire frame technique? Yeah. You should yeah, give yeah. that a shot. The cypresses actually do that very well. Interesting. Um, yeah. So any shape, any form, obviously, with the wire frame, and then you could take all the saplings. And I'm willing to bet that if you do it the right way, because um, there's a theory that, uh, are you familiar with uh, Guy Guidry's twister? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a theory that that's how he created that tree. But he's not going to tell, you know, he's a magician. He's not going <laughs> to give away his secrets. But, right, right. <laughs> um, but I suspect if you did twist the saplings... You could probably generate some interest like that. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. And I might, I mean, if I ever get the time to sit down and be like, all right, bald cypress saplings, wireframe, it's, I have so it's much. It's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> I have to be re- really prepared. And I like, whenever I do anything with my trees or a tree, uh, like a bonsai, uh, I guess, project, I always, I got to have all my ducks in a row because if I, if I half ass it, obviously, it's gonna be all worth for nothing so right right uh but i think that would be a really cool project to see if i could replicate maybe what he had done there but obviously guy gidry's twister is a way different beast than the flat top forms that we are kind of meandering around right now right right so that's yeah. a lot more of a traditional tree so with the flat tops it looks like Okay, so we're going to talk like different styles of flat top here. Uh, have you ever considered like uh, like formal, informal, liter- true literati, true like true skinny tall literati? What what's how do you feel about flat top styles? Like what what how as, they categorize as far them? as they pertain? Yeah, as far as they pertain to like categorize to the traditional styles. Yeah. Oof. I don't think they fit into, I think they're natural, natural style. I, yeah. I mean, if you, if you were to force them into a category, I think, um, more formal uprights and then literati, I think literati, the ones down in, in, in the Everglades, I think tend to be more literati as far as like a really a feminine slender truck, um, meandering up and then just like a poof at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. That's, that's really hard to say. And then within the flat tops. So I, I saw one of your videos once and I really loved how you described it almost like, like uneven antlers. You kind of said like, like there's, you know, have you have like the tree that's behind you right now, you have like, you know, an antler above and then kind of a lower set antler. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of really liked that because it's not, it's not the traditional, 
when I think of flat, when I first started trying to do flat tops, I would have my trunk, I would eliminate all of the the side branches. And at the top, it was just kind of like rabbit ears. And I was like, well, what do I do with that? I, I know it's supposed to be a flat top, but it's just, it read phony to me and, and didn't read right. You know what I mean? So I, so I would go and I would photograph and I would look and I, and I tried to emulate that. Like, I don't know, I guess the word flat top is deceiving because the, the, the silhouette is coming from things that are further down on the on the trunk got it. and then meander yep. the way up to that flat top you know exactly. so it's you can't go straight up and then you know make like a telephone pole like it's yeah so it's 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 a it's a deceivingly really complex design to me in my brain it is and i would i would probably call it literati over any other traditional or conventional form hmm. um and for listeners who are not familiar with literati uh literati is this is is uh, in reference to scholarly, scholarly uh, studies and people who are more cultural with their their approach to things. Uh, they are more culturally appropriated. Uh, they understand background and you know religion and all the books and stuff. So um, <laughs> and also literati also kind of uh, in especially in Chinese Pinjing is a stroke of the brush. So characters that they would draw and so. Uh, that's kind of how and that that's that's how i think some of the bald cypress designs could be approached especially uh branching that is like not really like it doesn't make a lot of sense for uh horticultural reasons for bald cypresses to be designed this way because what you're what we're doing here and in, in my designs is where i i kind of call it as like a reverse triangle shape that you would usually see in a formal Right. So, so so it's almost like it was it's almost like if the formal upright was a piece of paper and you unfolded it and you get that extension of of uh proportions and then the top is the is the um left right back branch you know i mean first right, branch right. second branch style and so right. culturally that doesn't make any sense obviously because the sun is not getting to those lower exactly we, yeah we're yeah. defeating the purpose of why the japanese perfected the formal informal upright style is so like right. you said everything gets its own energy so it it's that's and that's part of the reason why it's looked down upon by japanese masters that judge shows if you go to like if you see any show where there's there's a bunch of americans and they've got their flat top trees they most of the time they don't even get juried into the show they just like don't even let them in they don't you're right right um <laughs> so but i think that there is merit to creating a great design that also that also is functional and that's the challenge i think that we had to get around with the flat top form as well because right. in in all designs of course you should never have a branch over another branch but instead of the instead of the branches being laid out like this they're laid out like this, which I'm holding my hands up. It's kind of silly for people who are not right. seeing. There's going <laughs> right. to be a, there's going to be a YouTube quality of this. Uh, so there's there's the there's the branches. There's a branch that is slightly receded back over the the branch below it. So in flat top form, we're reversing that. But by moving that branch that's above the bottom one slightly to the side and creating the illusion of that flat top also helps. Right. Um, so. And in your designs, I see that you use more line, and that's one thing to point out. You use a lot more line as the as that trunk extension comes up to take advantage of getting your branches out into the light. Correct? Right. Right. So, um, 
yeah so i guess i guess that line comes from trying to avoid um making a telephone pole but still have a, a, a flat top design come out of it so the line i'm kind of approaching it as finding line um based a tip and then building um i'm looking at the, one of your i'm looking at one of your designs based I'm not a tip. You. yeah no 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 i was like oh he's checking audio levels yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> no i'm going to i'm going to the one that you did uh where you said first first bald cypress to drop its leaves this year and that design i think is chef's kiss that that's that's where you need to be dead that one died no but yeah that's yeah that's that's i was following so there's um so i'm looking at the line maybe it's because i'm stuck in maybe in my mind i still have the traditional model in my head of like find the apex Mm. and then instead of so i do that and then instead of narrowing as i go up in the apex i widen as i go up in the apex but i'm still doing the that that find the finding the line i guess basically like yep. where's where, where's your your real apex and then building a flat top out from maybe the branch that's right below it and the branch and kind of and that's how i arrive at that that kind of uneven antler yeah um design it's kind of how i i, I digested and interpreted all cypress in, in, in nature. One thing that I'm constantly struggling with is keeping lower branches and how to incorporate them into the design. Cause you, if, I mean, I have um, some people that I follow like uh, photography accounts um, kind of in the swamp. Uh, there's a guy named Ben Pierce, who's really great. Ben Pierce photography. And okay. also, um, so they, they do like, um, like nature photography um, and then photography black Bayou is really great because they'll go out like on a misty morning and like photograph the trees against the mist so you can really make out their silhouettes. Um, but a lot of them do have a lot of lower branches, you know? And so when mm. I start to think flat top, but you know, you eliminate three quarters of the branches below it and then you just work with the apex. But when you see these trees in nature, you're like, no, they're, they're you know, some of them have branches all the way down to the water level, yeah. but they still have that flat top nest to them. So it's, it's like this conundrum of like, how do I not make a tube of foliage, but also how do I make a flat top, but how do I keep branches down below, you know? And, and so it's this, that's what I really struggle with or, or the, the the thing that I'm trying to achieve. I I really do like the shape that you just, ref, you just referred to as the, is that, is so Bald cypresses, I feel like they're always in this transition from the co- the the, uh, the colander form or the conicular form. They're always from that original transition to their flat top form as they get older or reach maturity. And so, I really do like what what you said. How like how do I make a tube? But you have all these branches that t- literally touch the water. And I think one of the ways you can execute that is um, it. It's just as simple as like ginning the branches that are lower down, mm-hmm. like they had just passed. Because a lot of the trees, like there's a picture in the nursery here that uh, that I always keep as kind of a reference. That it's one of uh, Doug, uh, the the owner of the nursery. Doug, uh, he loves this picture. Uh, it's these two bald cypresses standing next to each other, and it's it's a, it's a photo by Julia Sims called "Old Friends." I think uh, I saw it on your on your it's on your Instagram page. Yep. And, Do you have a tree? Yeah. 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 And uh and I designed trees, a set of trees off of this image. 
at those trees, like you said, there are branches that are really far down and below and they're very close to the trunk. And so those are, in, in my personal opinion, from seeing cypress in nature and seeing what that, how that probably happened on ancient trees like that is that those are old branches that sloughed off. And then those are the new juvenile uh, shoots and branches attempting to come back. So I would try to do something where I, and I might have to try to make a tree like this uh, this year because our cypresses are in this weird dormancy. And we'll talk about your dormancy versus mine. So people can kind of understand (laughs) that because there's a huge difference, but uh, (laughs) the, the tree, I would like to see, like, cause I'm looking at this image, it almost looks like the Christmas tree shape that bald cypresses inevitably grow into if they're if they're healthy and they're not in a swamp, right? And then above that Christmas tree, you start to get into like the gnarlier, weird shapes and then ultimately finishing in, in a flat top. Is yes. that what you're seeing? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're looking at the same tree cause there's two of them. There's, there's the one that has a lot of branches and there's the one that yeah, has- Yeah, this guy. Yeah, exactly. Less branches. Sure. Yeah, and that one, and uh, in the YouTube form of this of this conversation, we'll just bring that up, and I'll we'll see if we can do like a thing where I'm tracing out the trees. But um, that other tree is very very interesting to me because um, whenever I went to go visit Mary Madison, she had collected bald cypresses, um, and people were calling them uh, like pygmy versions of cypresses and they looked like that where they came up and that line that we were talking about it just suddenly zigzags that's yeah that's exactly uh, that's what i see in everglades and it, so yeah. that zigzag is almost like a snaking you, yeah. you see it a lot it, it's it actually looks like an s uh, you know laid on its side and it kind of snakes out for sure and so yeah we're seeing these trees with really straight obviously really straight old trees but then the tops suddenly just get this really crazy zigzag to them um but i was also told and i and i've seen one in person because uh nate actually ended up purchasing one from mary um a actual dwarf pond cypress um, oh nice which was just the craziest thing because there's no chop there's no indication of dieback there's no, there's no indication of any type of of cause of why it's like this. But the tree off the ground is probably about five and a half feet tall, and it's got wow. this. It's got a bell base, a bell bottom base, and then, um, and then it's got this very smooth taper. I mean, it, wow. it, it, it tapers to the top almost like it just disappears into infinity. It's it's absolutely perfect. That's crazy. But, but then you got branches on the top that look like that. And, uh, and we were told by Mike Mike Lane that he's seen trees grow like that to maturity and then stop growing. So wow. have you seen them like that there? I, I mean, I've seen shorter trees for sure, but I'm not, I mean, I'm not sure if they're just juvenile trees or, you know, actual pygmy trees. Um, but no, now I want I want to go right now. <laughs> yeah, start venturing around. <laughs> yeah, just, it's the dry season. We can trudge around out there. <laughs> um, as far as that's amazing. As far as collecting areas, uh, do you have any spots that are not the Everglades? Because you can't collect in the Everglades, huh? No, no. Yeah. So, um, I mean, again, just my my parents' neighbor has um, you know pretty area. large track of land, um, and they don't 
they don't really care what I do. So, yeah. so I'm for sure going to go out there and, and look around um, this, this um, winter, this coming January and look for stuff to collect. But I, I haven't found, I don't have a spot yet um, yeah. as far as where I would go collect, but soon, soon. Yeah. And I guess as soon as you get your, uh, like you said, as soon as you get out of an apartment into a home, then I'm right. willing to bet that you'll be much more hot on that trail. Blow up. Yeah. It's funny because we're actually, so my wife and I um, just recently ventured into buying a bus and converting it um, into an apartment, um, into oh, a house, nice. a camper, into a camper. Um, yeah. So she's like, well, we'll be gone for two months. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with all these trees? Yeah. So it's my, my problem isn't going, isn't going towards homeownership and trees. It's more going more to like live out of a bus and travel, you know, but it'll be fine. We'll figure it out. I'll, I'll board them or something. So why yeah. is a good boarding option. So I've already talked to them. We'll awesome. <laughs> yeah. I was about yeah. to say, if you didn't know already, uh, yeah, they do. Um, and any good, any, well, any great bonsai nursery like Weigert's uh, offers a boarding surface. So that's, right. that's good to know that you don't have right. to uh, separate from those, but, uh, right. But you guys are talking about taking a trip indefinitely or y'all is, is the house like later on? Just, uh, just a quick uh, question. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're, we've always rented and we're just, we're happy we're renting um i think florida just gets so dang hot in the summer that my wife's like i have to leave july and august <laughs> so okay. and we're we're actually uh wedding photographers so we oh awesome we could technically work out of the van as long as we're not as long as, long as we don't have a wedding we can work out of the bus hmm. so it's like yeah we're, we're we're playing with maybe leaving for the summer next summer we'll see and, and just doing a circuit and seeing all of our friends all around the united states you know oh yeah and just do a big big loop and you know the ultimate yeah. road trip. <laughs> I have a, I have a friend that works the uh, the Renaissance Festival, and that's that is his life. Uh, he hits a oh, circuit, wow. and he travels. He actually goes down to Sarasota most years and does the, oh, the okay. ring fair there, and then he goes up to. He's been all the way as far as I believe Maine, uh, not Maine. I'm sorry, Maryland, and then he's actually done a show over in California, and so yeah, he kind of treats it that huh. way. And so it's like, um, so Renaissance fairs are like, um, like an organization or like, a. it's not, I just thought it was like a local production, yeah. you know, that's, that's <laughs> another thing that I talk about with, uh, I should, I've, I've actually joked with him about doing a separate podcast talking about what they call Rennie life. Cause they're Renaissance workers or Rennies. Right. And right. there's actually a subculture within the fair. So they, yeah, they're not an organization. <laughs> they don't just hire people. These are these are traveling performers and artists. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, because it's not like every community is going to have like a a tanner or a, you know what I mean, like yeah. a like a medieval specialist of arts or whatever. So that makes sense. It yeah. yeah. It's it's far in between. So, but uh, I don't want to stray too far from bonesaw here. But uh, yeah. So for your for your uh your van thing, I mean, uh, as bus, yeah, bus, yeah. For for that, I mean. You could technically still bring trees with you if you want it. Some I am. Trees. I'm going to bring a little, a little ficus. You know, yeah, a little the, ficus I've had forever, and, and just have it on the dashboard, and just strapped in. And <laughs> what, uh, what variety of ficus do you find yourself at using a lot? A lot. We have a lot. Um, what is it? It's really actually called Green Mound, but it's, oh, it's yeah. mistakenly called Green Green Island. Um, we have a lot of Green Island, um, and then just ficus microcarpa, the tiger tiger bark. Oh yeah, those are so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of actually. I was thinking before we we talked tonight. Um, 
I've gravitated towards trees that I've seen growing up as actual large trees that impressed me, I think, in the landscape. Um, so I work a lot with with ficus and cypress just because those, I think, have like made an impression on me growing up and kind of are ingrained in my psyche. Um, but as far as like other tropicals, I don't I've never seen an ancient um, Fukian tree. Do you know what I mean? I've never yeah. seen that that like massive tree. So, I, I mean, I do have I have. Bungavilia and um, a bunch of other tropicals, but I think I, I gravitate towards things that I've felt with my soul as I walked up to it. You know what I mean? Something giant and something impressive. Mm. Like even with buttonwoods recently, I was like, nah, I don't want a buttonwood. I don't want a buttonwood. <laughs> and then I saw a buttonwood in nature and I was like, I need a buttonwood. And so now I'm in love with buttonwood. But I think it takes that that initial like experiencing it, you know what I mean? For me to want to, to pursue a species, I guess, you know? Um, if I had to say one thing about buttonwood is that if you want it like a true Yamadori experience, that's the Southeast Yamadori. Like, hmm. yeah, bald cypresses, yes. Um, but normally our cypress trees that we dig out, man, we stump those trees. That's not, that's not technically the Yamadori like the Japanese had talked about. The, the Yamadori that the yeah. Japanese talk yeah. about they are the ones that that were actually ancient trees frozen in time in nature that were collected from the mountains. Buttonwoods right. are frozen in time because they, I call them beach bums, because they've been on the beach <laughs> their entire right. life. <laughs> right. And they're just sizzling hot all the time. And, they're, and uh, I was told by somebody that all that exposed beautiful deadwoods you get is not branching. The, the vast majority of that is the plant turning over in the right. loose sand it's just insane and so right, right you got decades of this tree getting blown over by storm winds and it just rolls over and then you get these striking deadwood twists that's and amazing. wraps so yeah that's i think if you're ever like man i'm i'm too hipster for for buttonwoods like <laughs> I think I think the buttonwood is the hipster of bonsai trees, uh, the- honestly. <laughs> like that is a cool tree um yeah and that, I'm glad whenever I went to go see Mary when I did, I did get a good handful of them. Uh, and that one I'm trimming in that picture, that that's that's my tree. That's a gnarly beast. That's amazing. The, it's got that that little thin deadwood up top that kind of zigzags. Yeah. Is that the, no, wait, yeah. no, no, no. That was. Oh, um, okay. That's a that's we've actually uh, sold Thank that you. tree. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's another one. So if you go to my Sorry. page and you go down and it's. Uh, I'm, I'm leaning over it with, I'm acting like I'm working on it because <laughs> Caitlin's like, she's like, work on this tree. I was like, I just finished working on it. She's like, act like you're doing something. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing on the, that whole deadwood chunk right there is so gnarly. It's one of those trees you look at the deadwood, you look close, you can see the years of like cracking and the splitting yeah. and the erosion. It's just so much detail on that deadwood. And then the backside of it is like this live wood section so that those branches emerge from the back just in the perfect spots so yeah i'm really excited about that tree yeah it's like how do you choose i mean obviously you can choose a front but it's like oh there's so much good you know what i mean like you rotate this way and yeah yeah. that's a that's a tree that me and uh being a friend of mine dawn uh we took it and we just we put it on turntable and we just spun it around for like a good hour or so and just you know every which angle Cause like yeah, like you said, like there's there's no front to a tree like that. It seems like, but 
we right. know in bonsai that every tree has to have a front, you know? Right. So, right. but, uh, yeah, man, if you, if you have any, any way to get Yamadori buttonwood or know something about that, I mean, I don't know where you can collect them anymore, but, uh, yeah. that, I think that that's kind of lost on Mary now, unfortunately, but, uh, but yeah, I would say get in there and get something, you know, if you, right. if you have, cause how close to the Everglades, have you seen buttonwood grow there? I mean, buttonwood, I'm trying to think in the, I mean, it does, buttonwood is just like a, you know, a, a landscape tree here. So it's, it's everywhere. So mm -hmm. as far as like the domestic, like there's one in the park where I take my daughter and it's just this monster of like veins and I, it's probably six feet wide at the base. Like it's huge. Um, mm -hmm. But as far as like, you know, Yamadori out in the, in, out in the keys and stuff and down at the, the yeah. southern tip of the Everglades, I haven't really, I mean, I've seen them, but I, you know, they're, they're on parks and protected. Yeah, they're protected. They, you know, yeah. Yeah. Which, That's unfortunate. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. There was actually, one of your, go ahead. One of, your one of your listeners has access to it and they will invite me. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah, right. <laughs> we, I don't know because yeah, right. <laughs> it might be something on the download too. We, exactly, we collect totally. We collect 100% ethnically here. So, right. Uh, so we make sure that we don't collect on national property or property we don't have uh, permission to collect on. So it's unfortunate that we we don't have access to like Puerto Rico because apparently Puerto Rico is like buttonwood heaven. Um, really? Yeah, because uh, when I went to oh. Nationals, there was an artist that I saw there. He had just the best, like, uh, they were like, I guess you could say they were, they, they weren't Shohin. They were probably more like Shuhin, like right above Shohin size as okay. far as their proportions. And they were just so, so tight, like really well, uh, well ramified trees with just really, really good. Uh, he, he presented them with no leaves so he could just show off mm. his awesome uh silhouette and and i talked to the guy and he was like what well, he was loading his trees out after the show was over and i was like hey man i, I was like dude those those buttonwoods you have they're just gnarly it's like some of the better ones i've seen and he's like oh yeah man just come down to my house you know we got them everywhere you want one but you got to come to puerto rico <laughs> and i was like yeah oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but you know, it is it is what That's it is crazy yeah that's why we that's why we deep dive into bald cypress is because they they grow in everyone's yards here so right and, right and uh that that kind of brings me back around to uh like dormancy or time of year for you guys because uh i was told by uh, quite a few florida natives when you get south you don't really you don't really get the the fall or the bald to the cypresses you get like 50 percent bald right you get like okay yeah i mean i mean some do um they kind of just get this, you know, scraggly, the brown looking. Um, and then you can, I, I just defoliate. I just finished, you know, picking off the stuff um, in January. So like they're starting to get pretty scraggly now. And this also depends on where you are in Florida, you know, in mm. Orlando, I'm sure they're pretty bare by now, but, but here in Miami, they're getting that like ashy green brownish color. Mm. Um, yeah. And so I would say full dormancy probably starts after Christmas um and lasts through the end of february and then they start to green up again so that's that's our dormancy window january and february yep. um that okay. i've that i've you know witnessed down here i've only been here doing bonsai for a few for you know a year now so but that's what i've noticed um but yeah you're never going to get a completely no you can it's it's 
it varies tree to tree, honestly. Some are some are brown right now. Some are still bright green. Some are still growing a little bit. I mean, I still mm. see some like fresh green tips. Um, like the okay. some of the seedlings that I just that I have at my parents' house. Um, yeah, they're like tender green shoots on them. But you know, you have some that were like the inner the inner foliage is starting to to turn brown and, and get naked. So yeah, yeah, it's it, it, it's it's just a mixed bag of <laughs> whatever the tree decides to do. You know. That's interesting. I mean, do you guys, do you guys even get the, um, well, what we have, what we have here for dormancy is we get like a reddish copper tone. Does that happen for y'all? I would say it's just a brown. It just looks a like brown. Okay. a brown. Yeah. It doesn't get that, that beautiful. Like I remember I had a, the tree up in Jersey when it went dormant and it had this like beautiful, like brown amber glow to it almost you know it had like like that golden color yeah um, but down here they just go green to ashy green to brown <laughs> this is what okay. i've noticed and then and then naked you know 50 yeah. 50 um yeah and then start up again in february and then just flush out so so i would say more of the trees that have reached maturity are the ones that tend to go dormant or is it kind of a mixed bag on that too it's a mixed bag it's okay a, it's a mixed bag yeah yeah for sure Okay. Yeah, because here we have we have that ashy color, and I'm glad that you said that because that ashy color is really it's really odd looking in a photo because it almost makes the photo look like a sepina, almost. Yeah. Is, is that the yeah, right yeah. word? Yeah. Se sepia. Sepia. Oh uh, yeah. 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 I'm terrible with uh, <laughs> words that are outside of my realm of bone tie words, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the the color is otherworldly feeling on some of our trees and. Uh, and I, I was, I was assuming that it could be genetics. Whenever we get fall tones on these trees, um, because some of them turn like so red, it's like blood red, and you can see them in the distance. Right. And then right. some are orange, and then some are like this, this really like mixed kind of copper kind of feel to them. And then you get that ash, and I didn't know other people got that ash as well, because I thought that was so weird. Because I found that the ash is on trees for me. Uh, and in my personal collection of bald cypresses that I've had for, you know, uh, closer to a decade now, uh, that that ash was a signal of uh, weaker trees, right? Um, which trees that don't retract as fast, uh, they don't retract their uh, their 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 uh, chlorophyll chlorophyll, yeah, as and fast as others. Yeah, so. that makes sense. That's kind of what I saw, and I, and also the thing where the bald cypresses go to the brown really quick. I don't know what that is. I do have trees here that do hmm. I feel like the 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 trees just like roll the dice and they just choose their they choose their dormancy, like choose their adventure when they go to dormant cuz right. Some trees just the leaves just fall straight off. Then are green still. And I'm like, okay. And then some turn right. <laughs> some turn shitty looking brown and they just kind of just sloth off of there. Others will will keep leaves for a while get that nice fall tone and then one of the things i really like especially in nature is when the leaves cling on even though they're still gone and they're brown. right so you guys probably right. get that a lot more we do yeah okay yeah we get that okay that's really pretty and i i think that's something that a lot of people don't take advantage of enough is that is that post dormancy right before spring look because i think it's I think it's beach. Is it Japanese beach that they do that with? That holds on to their to their brown. Yeah. Yeah, so, for sure, yeah. So you have these brown, really textured, beautiful curled leaves. 
and and Japanese stylings when they take photos of them, they still leave their sleeves on there sometimes, and I think that's、right. really gorgeous. So,、uh, I'd like to see more people do the thing where they show the clinging. Old remnant curled brown leaves. I think that would、right. be really cool. That would be really cool because they also kind of hang down. They kind of,、yeah. they 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 hang below the branch. I、mm. feel like a lot of times, and they kind of are reminiscent of the the Spanish moss to、yeah. me, which I really like. Yeah, that's what I was gonna call.、Uh, I was gonna call you out for saying that in one of your posts. No,、uh, you you did mention. I saw that was a you said Spanish moss reference, and so you guys have Spanish moss as well.、I'm、We、assuming. do.、Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because、yeah. um, I don't want to sound too naive, because some of the people who live close to the Everglades, like they don't experience the same nature that we do when it comes to that kind of stuff, you know?、Um, right. Like live oak trees. Are they as far down? Oh my gosh.、Are? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs>、yeah. yeah. yeah. uh, when I was in Cape Coral, where where Mike is located, I didn't、okay. see a whole lot of live oak. Interesting.、Oaks. Maybe I wasn't looking, but. I don't know. I, yeah, I, yeah, they're there. They're there. Okay.、Um, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get shit for this, but I feel like the West Coast, the the built up areas, the civilized areas, are a little、um, more like uh, de- uh, housing development, housing development, housing development, where they've cut a lot of the natural、um, fauna down、yeah. or flora,、mm-hmm. cut down the natural trees,、um, and then and it's just it's just、uh, very manicured,、um, pretty. Prettiness, pretty、Style、like that. Yeah, styled landscaping. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. So,、um, and I'm sure that's that's everywhere. But、um, my particular area, I mean, granted, a lot of them are invasive species in here、mm-hmm. in Miami, but there, it's really lush and beautiful, and you get to see those huge examples of like, you know, giant banyan trees, giant,、um, mm-hmm. you know, the ficus trees with their huge, you know, vines and stuff. And so, yeah, we have oak trees here for sure. Awesome.、Um, Yeah, yeah. We also and they're covered in the resurrection fern, which、yep. is really beautiful. Okay, it just greens up and yeah, yeah. We have all that.、Yeah. So you, you do have the same visual reference that we do here. So that kind of helps too, in my yeah,、opinion. yeah, totally. totally.、Um, but the Spanish moss thing,、uh, you could see it in that photo that we I referenced to earlier with the knees on it.、Uh, the artist chose to hang actual Spanish moss from that tree.、Hmm. Um, so that's a little. I feel like that's a little bit more debatable. I,、uh, I did it once, and I immediately took it off. Yeah, <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't. It wasn't aligned with it. I was like, you know, it's a good idea, and I just kind of like tossed it on there, and I was like,、mm, yeah, no, it, like the scale doesn't work, and the、mm-hmm. I think just the 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 foliage of the of the bald cypress itself looks like yeah, it's it good enough. Gives that illusion. Yeah, it, it looks. I mean, I'm looking at the tree behind you. That lower right branch, it's、yeah. got that that hanging aesthetic. You know what I mean? So I kind of just kind of relied on that instead of, yeah, you know. Yeah. And this this tree is it need, it needs to be well from your perspective the way you're seeing it. A lot of those dangly leaves,、um, that's that's older foliage that is not is not as it's it's older than the top. So it kind of looks weird. It's kind of hard to describe, but that very.、Hmm. Oh, here, here's my hand. Okay, you see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but this, this from up. Uh, for some reason, when I brought this tree to, uh, I brought it to brought it to Shreveport to、uh, show it in a in a show recently, and then I brought it to the New Orleans Club like a couple of weeks after that, and I think mechanical damage to the root system caused those those、hmm. uh leaves to fall. So the top part of it went bare for a little while. Uh, but yeah, that. That section below it, where it's all nice and dangly, and I mean,、yeah. it's 
it's December. It's it's nearly yeah, it's still pretty green. Yeah, it's green. Yeah, and uh, yeah. but that's why I was saying like some of them just don't see that dormancy until uh, January, and it seems like they've got like this very short window um, until they bud again, and they bud right. quick. Yeah, so, right. But uh, as far as as far as like going back to the flat top kind of discussion discussion, I think. Um, Spanish moss could be optional. I have I've seen some really mm. like you would say uh, uh, tacky kind of feel to it a right. little bit, but uh, but I think I think it's not out of the question, especially for really big trees. Which uh, brings me to uh, this the other photo you I saw you had taken uh, the big formal upright tree at the arboretum. There was a or what? No, oh, it's a, at the yeah at uh, at the Huntington in Huntington, in LA. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's in California. Yeah, it's in Pasadena. Wow. Pasadena, okay. California. Yeah. I I didn't even look into it as much as I should. I just looked at the tree. For me, I just see the picture of the tree, and I'm like, right, good, good tree. I don't good ever, job. Yeah. I don't ever like consider <laughs> yeah. the location, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like For sure. California. That's that's good to see a tree of that quality. Um, right. Super old school, but you know. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, to, I mean, California gets super dry winds. They're called Santa Anas, where just I think it's like in the fall, probably October, and it's just this dry, dry, dry wind from the mountains. And I'm to see bald cypress just, you know, alive and flourishing is 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 awesome. You know. Yeah, obviously, putting they, up they can with withstand that. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you ever take a trip to the Pacific Northwest area, have you been up there? Uh, recently I went, I went to Mount Rainier and I went to the, the Pacific, uh, uh, Bonsai Museum. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I was going to ask that, that was, that was one of my more, I, I don't know how to describe it. That, that visits that particular Bonsai Museum was so impactful on me. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like that was, I felt like I was in my realm of other Bonsai practitioners because, right. um, I've seen a lot of different a diff- different collections of bonsai like that but that one in particular obviously they have more of the modern people contributing to that one but right it's mixed in very appropriately with the historical pieces it's very it and the guy who directs it obviously lets lets there be some alternating uh they alter the older trees into a, a little bit more of a modern aesthetic and a natural naturalisms that they like right. naturalistic designs and stuff and so one thing that I don't know if they have it or not, but do they have a bald cypress in that collection? I can't remember. I, do, I mean, I don't, I don't think I saw one when I went. I saw the the World War II um, Japanese internment camps. Um, oh yeah, uh, I saw that one too. Yeah, I saw, it, and I don't think I don't think I. I have to look back. I don't think I saw one there, but yeah, I'll have to go and look because they they bald the the flat top bald cypress in collections like that. The only one that I've seen represented, of course, is going to be Von Banty's himself in the National Arboretum. Right. Um, and if you look back at his style and how versus how we're approaching it now, because you, I saw you mention in a post one time uh, that you really liked uh, Bill Butler's work. Um, and yeah, and I've I've hung out and worked with Bill before in the past, uh, and so. I can see that his he actually hung out with the the guy who 
he actually hung out with Von Banting himself. I mean, that, that's an old club. Bill's been in it for a long time. So there's there's ways that it transcended through that. And I really, I really love that, how Bill hung out with Van, with Vaughn and then Bill put on his thing and he has got a handful of YouTube videos where he talks about that. And then right. you, and you struck it uh, with gold there and you were like, oh, cool. And then you made that happen. So that's really special to see that. Right. He's, um, yeah. Bill's Bayou. Um, I watched those videos so many times and I was yeah. trying to figure them out. They're awesome. There's another guy um, who I really, really like John, um, Jan Angel. Yeah. Do you he works, he works with, uh, author Jewer. Okay. Yeah. 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 I really like his, um, his style. It's very, yeah. yeah. I just, those two guys are just, I just eat up anything that I can on, <laughs> on them and, you yeah. know, info. And, and so that's, amazing. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's amazing how much, um, the internet changed my, my boneside journey. I mean, I remember going to Barnes and Noble and just reading the same five books <laughs> over and over and over about, you know, whatever. And, um, and then, yeah. So when I started again, back in 2018, you know, like my mind just, my face melted off with all of the knowledge and I was, yeah. you know, on the forums and, the, and it was, it's, it's, it's been, I'm just really grateful. It's and now really it's, amazing. and now it's unbelievable because you've got, you've got like, uh, you got Bjorn and Ryan just hosting streaming platforms with so much information yeah yeah it's too much but it's amazing and i remember going back like you said with the barnes and noble thing that just triggered a a old memory like of me going to uh i don't know if you guys even have these uh books a million yep okay um because i I know there's like kroger and stuff down there like 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 foods centers and yeah, yeah. we don't have that. <laughs> and then Texas has got H H uh, E B's and then it's like, it's so weird. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the, uh, there was a books a million. I used to visit like practically every weekend. Cause I was, I was much younger. So that was the thing was go to the mall, the mall area. And right. uh, there was this one <laughs> bonsai book in there and it was an older publication. It was probably like early nineties, but it was like a master's works book from Japan. It okay. was like, oh, nice. And it had awesome bonsai in it. At the time, my naive mind over bonsai, I saw all these really old school trees. Um, and there's a very, there's a very famous uh, flame shape ginkgo in that book that I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. That was the <laughs> yeah, book. And I saw yeah, yeah. it. I used to yeah. just, <laughs> I remember I would know exactly where the book was. I would go into there. It was like, it was like, it was like a library to me because no one's going to yeah. buy that book. No. Um, and uh yeah. i'd walk in there every day that i, I went and uh it was 80 dollars at the time the book was listed for 80 Oof. and so i just pick it up and i could see the uh the dust jacket where i had touched it so much that it had ripped on the corner at the oh top. that's really funny so it, yeah, there's literally like a library with book like in that fashion and i was like and uh that's really funny i went to go find it like a couple of years back and the and like you said the booming interest in bonsai just like morphed mm-hmm. it. And so now that that book disappeared and now you have all these these other books I just never knew were published just pop up on the shelf. Wow, we, nice. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah. I haven't even checked, but yeah, that's that's crazy. That's cool. Yeah. And there's there's even more there's even more books being written today about it. Like uh I mean I've got I've got my short my short list of books that I really enjoy from recent bonsai practitioners and stuff with like that. Uh but yeah, like you said, like man, like the internet, we couldn't ask for a better, a better gift. Time, yeah, right. <laughs> to be doing this, yeah, for sure. For and sure, we're, yeah. and I believe that we're like right on the the cusp of 
getting to American designs, and I feel like flat top bald cypress is an American design that is slowly being re realized. Uh, so I, you know, I hope, I really do hope the best for you that whenever you do travel, that you can still practice bonsai to that extent with, with the flat tops. I'm assuming right, that, right. I'm assuming you're not gonna just gonna quit bonsai, but you'll be able to come back. No, to it. no, it, yeah. it always, yeah. I've learned in my, throughout my, my pattern that, you know, it always comes back. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's there, you know what I mean? So I'll just board them for a few months and then, and then keep on keeping on. Yep. So uh, yeah. we're getting towards the uh, towards the end of this here. So I've been trying this thing a little bit different with uh, some previous guests, where I just ask a few questions. Uh, they're they're painful questions because they're very hard to answer. Uh, oh, so okay. All yeah. Right. So what <laughs> what is your favorite species? Go. I know it's tough. <laughs> that so from your nostalgia mind. I like. Duh, I'm gonna say I, I I am actually gonna say bald cypress. I'm oh, okay. gonna say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah That's sure. totally fine. That's understandable. Yeah, lame. <laughs> no. No. no, for all the reasons we just talked about. Yeah, obviously. no, I yeah. mean, yeah, we can go into it, but bald cypress yeah. for sure. Yeah. Okay. So then that would kind of bring me to what is is there a tree in your collection that you consider to be like the OG, like the one that you go back to? I know the one that passed away that might be the answer, but <laughs> these are such hard questions. No. Yeah. Um, let's see. I have, I mean, I have a tree that I, that I actually, it was a, it's a, a, a green Island ficus that I did mm. have throughout my travels. I mean, it didn't travel with me. It stayed at, at my parents' house, but it, it was shipped in a box from Florida to New York, to Nashville, oh, to wow. Los Angeles. Um, it was one tree. And then just recently, I think, Two years ago, I chopped it in half. Um, oh, so now it's two trees. Yeah, it's 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 um, yeah, it's it's on my it's on my Instagram. It's two little trees now, but those the, I mean those two trees are my like they're my babies. I mean they're not they're not stellar trees, but they've they're, been with me for twelve plus years. You know what I mean? And and travel yeah. in boxes and and grow lights in some shitty apartment in New York. And so those are my the. Those are yeah. my OGs for sure. Those are the cornerstones of your collection. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I love to see people's trees that like, they literally will be like, it's not the best tree, but look what I've done with it. You know, like that, yeah, those are my yeah. favorite trees, you know? Yeah. And I think um, I rescued it off of like some hedge in Palm Beach. It was like midnight sometime. It was late at night and there was like some hedge that had been like ripped up and I like brought it home. And so it was like a rescue and yeah, those are my... Mm. my babies <laughs> and uh and then the the other question that i had also asked to the, my previous guest was uh are there are you planting any seeds or cuttings uh that you would intend for future bonsai or even uh bonsai of the of the next generation is there anything for that sure you um yeah those those seedlings at my parents house um i i'm not a huge propagator just again because i don't have the space okay um but but yeah, if there's something lying around, I'll I'll, I'll pot it, you know, and pot it mm -hmm. up and uh, see what happens. But for sure, that I'm getting more into that now that I guess I'm seeing um, the fruits of my labor from like two years ago, and I'm like, oh, yeah. this is cool. Let's let's keep going with this. It doesn't it doesn't take ten years to create a tree in the ground. So I'm like, no, this is something that my it's... patients can deal with. Yeah, I don't know. I just pictured like throw something in the ground, especially here in the tropics. They don't grow. You know, say, yeah, and, especially yeah, for just, you guys. It's just growing. So. For sure, for sure. I, I'm definitely leaning more into propagating yeah. stuff in the ground, for sure. And in, in reference to uh, 
in, in reference to that, the reason why I asked that is because uh, just I just think about how I've always wanted a really, really nice little shohin kumquat, which are really hard mm. to come by because they you don't see them very often in the states. And when you do, yeah. they're when you do see them, they're remarkably expensive. Um, huh. So I've taken up the tedious task of growing kumquat from seed from seedlings, and I'm doing that really early. You know, twisting them when they're super young do, and selecting the buds and make sure I keep those buds down below. And I might even do some air layer and stuff. But so I like to nice. always ask people if they have yeah. any long term, really intensive projects that they're just, you know, they, they it's like, do I, I should know better than this because I might never see this. But, you know, I mean, I'm always a sucker for um, just a big tiger bark with a bunch of like aerial roots. Um, mm -hmm. So I've just planted some cuttings at my parents' house and we'll see how, how long it takes to get that. Yeah, that kind of um, you know aesthetic. We'll see. We'll see. And you you can just kind of string those guys together and yeah, keep yeah. using them together. But but uh, yeah. but yeah, uh, but yeah. Thanks for thanks for hanging out, man, and talking some Cypress. Oh you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, but yeah, we'll go ahead and let you kind of put some plugs in there. I know you've got a reasonable amount of followers, but is there anywhere anything that you'd like to put in there? No, I'm good. I'm just, I'm just really honored that you asked, and um, I was super nervous. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> do I know stuff? And I do, you know. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just really honored that you asked. So hmm. thank you. Thanks. I man. bit my nail back. No, it, it's cool because uh, <laughs> I was scratching my jeans and I bit my nail back. I wasn't like, oh, good answer. No, uh, <laughs> no, uh, don't, don't be nervous, man. Because whenever someone just, does, when someone does good work, I mean. If somebody else is telling you that you did good work, I mean, that's, I mean, you should take that in stride for that, man. Uh, because right. something that I'm looking for more is the acceptance of different styles in, in bonsai that, I mean, people were not considering until now. It's like, I can't think of many other people that have tackled the flat top design in the fashion that you have and actually got it in a way that I was like, that's more what I'm looking for. Right, and, right. And you've got, You've got like thousands of people from the tip of Florida all the way into Texas, from here to there. That just the flat top style is just so it's so tough. It's such a nuance in in, a, right. in design that it's you know. But yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm after. <laughs> that's what. <laughs> you're do, but you're doing yeah. you're doing an excellent job. So yeah, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, dude. Thank you.